Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about the coronavirus and its potential impact on your investments, including superannuation. Uh, obviously, it's been a very hot topic at the moment uh, every on everyone's lips about what's going to happen, what will its uh, short, medium and longer term impacts be. And certainly between the 21st of February and the 2nd of March, uh, the markets uh, really globally have fallen by over um, 10%. Uh, now, the US market last night bounced back at f- by 4.5% and the Aussie market's about 2% up uh, today as I record this uh, podcast. But certainly market sentiment shifted literally overnight from uh, a theme of arguably over-optimistic to being extremely fearful. And certainly it's been on a lot of my clients' minds in terms of what is the impact on investments, should they do anything, and what action should they take, uh, if any. I've got a few charts to share with you, which is obviously very challenging to do on a podcast. Uh, so certainly you will find links in the show notes, uh, and obviously the charts are on the the website. So uh, I'll give you a description of the charts, but if you're interested in obviously looking at the chart itself, uh, you'll have to uh, find them in those locations. Uh, so let's have a think about or have a look at historically how the market has responded to different um, crises and uh, what has been the impact on overall returns. You know, the really interesting thing is when the market is running hot and everything's at a high and so forth, risk tolerance, so that is tolerance for volatility, uh, a lot of investors overestimate their tolerance. You know, they'll say, you know, I get the share market is volatile, but I want a piece of the action, let's start investing, I'm all good with it. So it's not until when volatility actually occurs do you really learn about an an individual's tolerance for risk or or your own tolerance for risk. Um, the, the thing is, though, that volatility is typically short-lived. You know, that you'll have market corrections or bounces or, um, and they'll recover or will only last for a few months. They don't last for years and years on end. And the share market volatility rate is around about 20%, which means that your annual return can vary from the average by plus or minus 20%, which means it's a really big range and one year you might lose 10% and the other year you might gain 30%. Um, and you've just got to understand that that's a normal um, distribution of returns in the share market. And you, when you look at a, a 10% drop, although it's been, quite, um, uh, a, it's been quite a strong drop in a relatively very short period of time, it's not really unique, you know, Uh, that sort of volatility, particularly if you ever look at the lack of volatility over the last few years, it's not unexpected to um, to get these sorts of uh, impacts. So there's a a chart uh, that I've included in the blog uh, that's put together by a fund manager called Dimensional, and they look at lots of different crises, including the GFC, um, uh, the dot-com, the tech bubble crash, September 11, these sorts of things, and you'll see from uh, from the chart that uh, typically even one-year returns are positive after the event. Uh, in almost all cases, three-year returns are positive, and in every case, a five-year subsequent return is positive, 
which shows that hey, volatility is there, but in the in the medium to longer term, um, it's it's to be expected and doesn't really have as much of an impact on uh, returns. Um, of course, you know when we're in a fearful situation, sometimes we contemplate, well, maybe we should sell and go to cash. Um, the problem with that, though, is that you miss out on the recovery. And if you miss out on the recovery, uh, your returns are destroyed. And, and so there's another chart which shows or looks at returns between 2001 and 2018 um, uh, in, in the Australian market. And it suggests or it looks at if you take out the best 25 days over that time period, your investment return over that period drops from 7.66% to 1.76%. So really you're you're only less than 2%. Even if you miss only 25 of essentially over 4300 trading days during that period. And so it shows that you've got to you've got to be in it to win it. You've got to remain invested to enjoy the good days, uh, to suffer through the bad so that you can enjoy the good. Um, and it's really the first rule in my book, Investopoly, is to play the long game. And you've got to understand that if you applied the, a, a long-term approach uh, when you first invested in the share market, that is that you developed a, a diversified or constructed a diversified portfolio of low-cost rules-based investments, um, and you did that to maximise longer-term returns, then you've got to have faith that the methodology is going to work. And it will if you've done it correctly. And selling or going to cash, um, I won't say you never should do it or in some circumstances you absolutely should not do it. But in the main, it's not the right reaction. It's really to remind yourself that the share market is volatile, that you've employed a rules-based approach that has a very good chance of working over the long run. And this is just part of the ride of investing in um, shares. So the first two points are really that volatility won't be around forever uh, and that you've got to remain invested if you're going to pick up longer-term returns. But let's really turn our mind to the practical impact of the coronavirus. Now, I'm obviously not a doctor, but it would seem that essentially the coronavirus is a highly contagious form of influenza. Similar um, symptoms to influenza, but if you're otherwise uh, in a healthy condition, the likelihood is that uh, uh, that you'll recover quite well. I mean, it won't be an enjoyable experience, but um, certainly the chance of uh, dying is low. Um, but just like influenza uh, kills you know, older people or, or babies, you know, people that don't have a strong immunity system, uh, the coronavirus can do the same. Although if you have a look at the data um, produced by the World Health Organization, um, cases, new cases of coronavirus are reducing, and and so are the um, the the situations of the, the the number of people that have coronavirus that that have successfully recovered is on the incline as well. So um, certainly, despite what the media reports are suggesting, um, they love to report a new case or a new outbreak. Um, but if you have a look at the global numbers, uh, certainly they're moving in the right direction. Um, uh, but of course, you know, these sorts of things and risks will probably um, have the impact of uh, eliminating discretionary travel. You know, people may curtail sort of shopping or social activities, so that will have an impact or negative impact on retail sales um, and uh, any, any businesses sort of in the experience space. 
Um, and in some circumstances, in some countries, businesses may have to cease trading for a period of time because employees are unable or unwilling to uh, travel to work, which has kind of been the, 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 the bigger concern, I guess, with uh, China and, and whether you know, product exports uh, from China will continue. Uh, it's most likely going to have a negative impact on economic growth in the first half of 2020, although growth is still likely to be positive. Um, and uh, China has a much bigger footprint than it did in 2003 during the SARS outbreak. In fact, I have another chart uh, in the in the blog which shows how much bigger it is uh, in terms of credit, so bonds and so forth, how much it is in, in global trade. Um, it does have a, a larger economic footprint than it did uh, during SARS. So comparisons around SARS and so forth, you know, maybe it's not... Um, perfectly comparable. Uh, Australia exports a large amount of natural resources to China naturally, which has been well documented, coal and iron ore, gold and so forth. Um, And demand for these uh, resources might reduce temporarily, I guess. Um, But the good news is that stockpiles are relatively low, so so inventories are are relatively low, so that it's not like they've got a lot to uh, work off, and also it's very likely the government, the Chinese government, is going to have to deploy some fiscal stimulus, typically which is spending on infrastructure, which means that um, they should that demand for these sorts of products uh, should uh, increase. Um, we're we're uh, approaching this uh, virus from a relatively uh, safe place in that earnings growth has been relatively robust. Uh, so far this year in terms of what um, listed companies have reported. Um, But obviously it's going to have a negative impact probably on company earnings. Um, It's going to negatively impact certain sectors more than others, so manufacturing, international travel. I mean, imagine if you're a cruise line operator, for example, uh, you're certainly going to be in a bit of a world of hurt, at least for a period of time. Um, but some sectors are going to obviously be beneficiaries. You know, certain uh, companies in the healthcare sector, I think, will do obviously quite well from this. Uh, and domestic t- tourism in Australia, I think, will likely be a, a large benefactor of the coronavirus. Uh, so it's not all bad, but it'll probably ha- uh, weigh on earnings and also uh, economic growth. Um, but how many quarters, whether it would just be one quarter or, or two quarters, uh, is yet yet to be seen. Um, The other thing to think about, too, is the U.S. uh, share market, and we are in an election year in the U.S., uh, so we should really uh, think very carefully about its impact on the market. Uh, So U.S. share market makes up about 63% of global developed markets, and typically, if the U.S. falls, uh, all other markets, geographical markets around the world will fall by a very similar amount. And it's true that in the short term, really, um, the US market is a leader for other markets. In the long term, though, um, uh, those markets will eventually decouple from the US's performance. Um, But it's interesting to note that that President Trump has taken full credit for the state of the US economy and the share market uh, being at record highs. So it's only because of him that they're in that place, at least he believes. Um, and I think that if the share market remains healthy and the economy remains healthy, the chances of him, him getting re-elected for a second term in November, I think, are relatively high. But if the share market falters or the economy falters, you know, unemployment starts to tick up, people start to lose their job, 
these sorts of things, the re-election, the probability of re-election, I think is less certain. And so I, I think Trump uh, will do whatever he can uh, and pull whatever strings he can to make sure the US stock market continues uh, to, to man- maintain itself at record highs, at least through uh, to November this year anyway. And I note that he was um, uh, bullying the Fed on Twitter over the weekend and, and saying that they should be cutting rates. Interestingly enough, the Fed has been um, involving itself in a bit of quantitative easing over the last few months, even though despite we're at record highs in the share market and unemployment at its all-time lows in the US, for some reason the Fed feels like they need to be pumping printing money and pumping more out money out into the economy. And they've been doing that at a, at a much higher rate than what they were doing during the GFC as well. So certainly there's a lot of money supply flowing into the US, which is keeping markets high. The average share market return in the US in an election year is 11.3% per annum. Uh, so it shows that, and that, that data dates back to 1928. So it shows, you know, election years typically in the US are good, and I think... Uh, Trump certainly has a vested interest in making sure uh, the market goes well, which should drag along other share markets around the globe as well. Uh, in Australia, I think the uh, I note that ANZ Research, so it's economic research, um, uh, predicts that the government's going to have to do some fiscal stimulus in Australia to offset the impact that Corona might have on the domestic economy. And they are suggesting that might include providing loans or grants to businesses uh, so it avoids them laying off workers. Uh, and they state that that, you know, that could be a very effective policy tool because they can target particular sectors and industries, industries that are impacted by a greater margin, obviously like tourism, international tourism, education sector and so forth. Um, the state governments can play a role as well. I note that uh, Queensland is allowing small businesses to defer payroll tax obligations for six months and so forth. Tasmania um, did something similar. So uh, certainly uh, state governments can uh, start helping certain sectors ease the taxation burden uh, to get them through a period of lower demand. Um also, let's look at volatility because obviously as I record this blog, as I said at the beginning, that our market is up 2% today and the US market rose 4.5% overnight. So clearly it's a case of, well, is this just going to recover? Is it going to be a V-shaped recovery or will there be more volatility? Um, interestingly enough, I was saying to clients that I met or spoke to last week that um, that the market has been relatively blind to risk over the past few years. So that is share market values valuations have continued to irrationally climb irrespective of whatever economic or geopolitical risks there might have been. Um, and so the US-China trade wars are a good example. I mean, they had a little bit of impact on the market, but um, in the main, you know, the US market just continued to climb and they it's kind of ignored any risks associated with that. And I just disbelieve that the market has changed its approach overnight. You know, I don't think the market has suddenly woken up and decided to be really rational about risk. Um, and I think the best example of this is that um, there's only one broker in the US that have, have adjusted forward earnings estimates for, for companies, reporting companies in the US, to take account of the potential negative impacts of coronavirus. So only one broker. Uh, all other brokers are saying, oh, well, we think uh, it's still going to power along. Um, so therefore, I think the falls over the past week have been the result of momentum selling rather than 
uh, a rational response to risk. And as such, it's very possible, in my view, that um, the market will just bounce back and it will continue to be uh, completely blind uh, to risk. Um, if you have a look at sort of volatility situations or periods of volatility, typically you might see a little bit of a, a bounce uh, initially, but then that's followed by a little bit more volatility. So um, I think if you're looking at it, you're probably a, the most reasonable uh, conclusion to draw is that maybe we'll see a little bit more volatility over the next couple of months. It might bounce around all over the place for a couple of months until uh, more data and more certainty comes to light in respect to coronavirus. Um, so what should you do about this? Well, if you're an existing investor, you've invested well, you've got a good strategy and so forth, diversified approach, do nothing, close your eyes, just realise this is part of investing in the share market. Um, if you um, have surplus monies that you plan to invest at some stage, uh, then maybe the recent you can take advantage of this recent volatility. The problem, however, is that no one really knows what markets will do in the short term. Uh, and so no one in this, on this planet has developed a consistently accurate methodology for predicting short-term return, uh, short-term market movements. So therefore, we don't know the best time to buy because obviously, theoretically, the best time is to buy at the absolute bottom of the market. Uh, and therefore, also, if we overlay on top of that, the fact that we probably, I mean, the best, most likely assumption is that we'll have higher volatility as, again, we get more data from the coronavirus and start seeing its economic impacts, then the most prudent approach is to um, break your investment up into uh, several small tranches and invest a new tranche every few weeks or few months. Um, and if and that, that'll diversify your timing risk. And if the market continues to fall, well, at least you'll be able to average down your entry price and if the market recovers from here well you've made money at least on your first couple of tranches of investment this might seem a relatively unsophisticated approach but really it's not there's no better way uh, to do it other than you know if i've got 100 grand i might break it up into 10 tranches invest ten thousand dollars every month for the next uh, 10 months for example um, so one of the themes around uh, uh, share market performance studies is a simple concept of diversification. It's really not that more, much more complex than that. If you have a large amount of diversification in terms of your holdings, your uh, geographic spread of the money, sector and industry, investment style and so forth, then it's likely you'll generate good returns in the long run. Therefore, if you've adopted the right approach, you've got absolutely nothing to worry about. Just close your eyes, close your ears, and realise that um, everything will work its way through. And in the long run, your investments should perform as you expect them to do so. However, if you're less confident about your chosen investment methodology, then maybe this is a good wake-up call. And, uh, and you might need to make adjustments, maybe not now, but eventually, uh, might need to make adjustments in the way that you're investing. And obviously, if you need help with that, don't hesitate to reach out to us. So there you go. There's the impact of the coronavirus and some interesting charts and analysis, I guess, of similar situations. Hang in there. I don't think it's going to be as bad as economically and market-wise as we might initially anticipate. Um, and I hope that's been useful. Until next week, bye for now.